Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey, everybody, Chad Madden here with the Grow Your Practice podcast. And today we have a very special guest, Mr. Ryan Eater uh, with Include Health. And we're going to be talking specifically about RTN, uh, RTM, VBN, and a whole bunch of other things. So welcome to the podcast here, Ryan. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate you having me. Cool, man. Uh, so can you give us a, an idea of uh, how you started with uh, Include Health, You know how um, you came to work for the company and your exact role and what you're doing and how you're helping practice owners? Sure. Uh, so I'm the founder and CEO of Include Health. Uh, full disclosure, I am not a clinician by trade. So let's just get that out up front. Okay. So my, my, my background is in design, product design. So like prior to include, I designed uh, physical products. So golf clubs for Nike and TaylorMade, medical equipment for Ethicon and Stryker. Uh, but through include, the goal has always been this fusion of design and tech, really to lower the barriers of accessing care. Um, sounds ridiculous, but uh, I've been building include health technically since 2006. So it's, it actually started as my senior thesis in design school. Nice. All been through the lens of accessibility, but uh, it started through the lens of literally seeing a man in a wheelchair struggle while exercising. So I won't bore you with all the details, but I came up with this concept for an accessible piece of fitness equipment that ended up winning international design awards that got eyes on it, that gave me an opportunity to push it further. As we developed it, we made it an accessible and smart piece of equipment and started to apply it to physical therapy. We launched that in 18, so 12 years after my thesis. And uh, the immediate feedback was that people liked the machine, but they loved the software more. And the requests were, how can we get more things hooked up to the software? Sweet, man. Great story. Can you give us, fill in the blanks there a little bit, um, what did the piece of equipment do? So the gentleman in the wheelchair, yeah, what was the use case and how did it solve the problems that I just wanted to use it. Yeah. Yeah. So like when, when I saw the guy in a wheelchair struggle, like the myriad of things where, you know, transferring it out of his chair, they would have different, uh, he would have different homemade accessories to help him adapt and be able to reach different pieces. And so what the concept was to have a functional trainer, it was pulley driven, it had a weight stack on it, but it was designed so that it could be independently adjusted by someone standing seated in a wheelchair. Didn't matter. Uh, we also removed all the need for dexterity. So if you think of like, equipment that has the dexterity to remove pins and all to adjust arm positions. We made it to where you could adjust it with a single arm and a closed fist. And so like really went through to make it as physically accessible as possible. And then we went in the next layer and said, okay, now that anyone could do this, how do you use software to help guide people through and understand, you know, what to do, how much to do and keep track of things. That's great, man. Cool. Um, So how did you go from that over into include health yeah well it, it was include health at that time too i joke that like we went from a 900 pound machine to a smart website through this through this process but what happened was um we ended up doing a deal with cincinnati children's in collaboration with the air force that got us into computer vision and that happened in late 19 and then when covid hit arguably no one cared about smart machines in the clinic we couldn't get patients in the clinic in the first place. And so we essentially 
stopped the entire machine side of the business and went all in on computer vision. And when the original goal for computer vision was to kind of, you know, be next to the machines in the clinic, it was clear that there was an opportunity to not just go beyond machines, but you go beyond the clinic. And that's really what became our focus and what we know as Include Health today. So um, I know we talked about in the intro here, RTM, um, VBN. So for those who aren't familiar, and I think most listeners are going to be familiar, what is RTM and how do you think about it um, with with your company and, and helping owners solve that? Sure. I mean, really what we focus on is enhancing the connection between the patient uh, and the clinician in between visits um, and when they're at home. And so like RTM, remote therapeutic monitoring, fee-for-service model that enables you to get reimbursed for monitoring those patients in between their visits. And, you know, it's true that it's obviously important what that patient does while they're in the four walls of the clinic. It's arguably more important of what they're doing outside of those four walls to continue on the recovery path. And so we're really trying to bolster that connection there and enable that extension to deliver personalized measured care at home. Um, And then in value-based care, the same technology is used, uh, whether you are a preferred network partner and you want to have more clinical functional outcomes data, or you're looking at that to kind of spread a load across who needs to be in clinic, who could be remote, and how do I manage both patients accordingly? Um, I know every company that I talk with um, here recently is involved in AI, and I think there's a really legit chance that you're using it well. Um, (laughs) Can you talk about how you think about um, AI, artificial intelligence, how you're incorporating it into um, everything you do with with Include Health as well? Sure. So computer vision at its core is AI. And so being able to objectively measure someone's movement, their range of motion through the cameras on their own devices, um, that's using AI. We've been doing that since 20 when we kind of first got into this, you know, we also made the decision to make it web-based. So that means that it runs on any device with a front-facing camera and a browser. So there's no special downloads. There's certainly no sensors, no hardware. Uh, There's no even passwords even. All while our whole platform is HIPAA compliant. We're a registered device, a medical device with the FDA software as a device. And so we really kind of built this to be as accessible and secure as possible. And AI enables that. You know, of course, over the last several months, generative AI has just exploded in all the different applications, right? From our perspective, we're actually involved in a Vercel AI accelerator right now. Um, And it's how can you leverage this? In my mind, it's how can you leverage it to supercharge a PT? And how can you do it to where, you know, you have all these clinical practice guidelines and all this research that gets published daily out there. And it's how can you leverage that at your fingertips to be able to build the most robust care plans all under, all under your governance, you know, and, and deliver that to the patient. Very cool. Um, yeah. There's a website that I follow called uh, there's an AI for that. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it uh, yeah. shows a, a, an exponentially growing list of AI functionality um, and, and different software applications, pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, it evolves daily. Yeah. Um, Neat. So I know um, for our listeners in the past, we talked uh, with Integrative Health and what they're doing with AI. And like, I remember one of the things that Kelly Brown mentioned is, you know, we're, we can actually, we're working on preventing and detecting 
clinician burnout. So they can see that in the clinical note with um, AI and the, your use case and helping um, therapists monitor patient movement, et cetera. Is there anything like cutting edge that you're working on that our listeners would say, wow, that's, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, kudos to them for, you know, using AI to knock down documentation burden, right? Like that, that, that is very real. And this industry, just the overall workforce challenges are very real, right? So like, you know, from our perspective, we're really, we're trying to extend that connection against that patient and the home and making sure it is, it is a direct extension to you and giving you that information back, but also using technology, whether it's AI, cloud computing, kind of you name it, to be able to do that as efficiently as possible and not add extra burden to the PT workflow. So our whole approach is essentially, if you would use us just like you would use any AGP, you're just assigning people essentially smart plans. And instead of printing them on a piece of paper or having follow along videos, you hit send and it, it just sends it to them automatically. And they get a text or an email with a link. They click that link and they perform their exercises. They get real time guidance, you know, literally stand back, face this way. You know, here's your range of motion targets, count your reps, log your range of motion, collect all this data, give it back to you. Now you can review that and update their plan with more insights than just, you know, asking them what they did in between the you know, last visit. But then we also leverage technology to like auto govern when people qualify for remote therapy admiring codes. And we auto create those reports. And then you can just simple copy paste them and process them to, you know, that's not really AI, that's just more logic, but it's again, trying that going back to prediction, I was trying to reduce these, some of the documentation burden as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think I misspoke. I you said prediction health. You're correct. I think I said integrative health for some reason, but yes, uh, definitely mm-hmm. prediction health. The my other question, um, only because I have a indirect tie with Cincinnati Children's okay. Hospital. Who, okay. Who who did you work with there? Oh yeah, Greg Meyer. You know Greg at all? I know so, Mark, Mark Paterno is the name that I did. You work with him? I did not work with Mark. I worked okay. with Greg, Greg Meyer that was doing the uh, human performance lab. And like when he was doing it, it was with all the mocap cameras and like the marker suits and all. And, and, and like when we, we taken his research and wanted to scale it, like the first thing was you got to scale computer vision because that's what it was powered on. And so that's what we focused on. Nice. And then uh, you mentioned another abbreviation there, AGN. Uh you were talking about the personalized program and you mentioned another abbreviation. Oh, I, did, I don't know. It, it, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll go back and uh, just define it for myself and all of yeah. our here. All right. uh, all right. So I know you have, uh, you mentioned a couple of collaborations already, Ryan, Cincinnati um, Children's Hospital, the Air Force. Um, and I think you had one with Google as well. Can you talk about what you're doing with her, uh, the work that you did with Google? Sure. Um, so when we went into computer vision, like back in 20, it was kind of limited to like the connect camera, the hardware camera, like Microsoft had. And while that was great from a scale down from like a human performance lab that still had scalability issues. It was, you know, 700 hour camera, you need a PC to run it, that type of thing. So we wanted to have 2d pose estimation that could run on anything and also didn't require an app download. Cause you know, I always think of the lens of through grandma and grandpa, my parents, like 
anytime they need to download an app, they like, what would they ask me what their password is? Right. And so I was like, all right, let's remove that barrier as well. Um, but back then, like Google had some models uh, called PoseNet that ran on anything, but was not accurate enough to use in physical therapy. And so we reached out to them saying, this is what we were trying to do. And um, they started collaborating with us. And uh, in 21, we were featured in their IO conference. And if you, if you look it up, you'll see a bunch of videos of me in this office, that chair there, probably wearing the same things I wear like every day for the last three years. And um, doing exercises of how we trained it to be able to get up, give us accurate range of motion data across all these different movements so we it could be a viable tool in physical therapy. Um, so we still collaborate with them to this day, and then they're a fantastic partner through that. Um, and then, like, with the Air Force, we've been working with them since 18, um, and we're working with two groups, one in Dayton, Ohio, our backyard, we're in Columbus, um, but then also out in Bilsack, Germany. And they're really pushing the boundaries of the data that we can capture through a 2D camera. They're interested in performance-based data and looking at, you know, fatigue rates. And a key metric for them is velocity. A 2D camera doesn't know distance. Um, and a 2D camera based on the web has very low frame rates. And so how can you get match the accuracy of a $2,000 tether with, you know, a 30 frame rate video feed, 2D video feed from a website? So that's some of the fun stuff that we're working on with them. Nice, man. Uh, super cool. The the other question I have for you as a follow-up to that would be what what trends do you see um in the applications or the marketplace right now? Um, because I know you're, you know, you're really helping therapists make the transition over to hybrid care um with the RTM and everything else that we've talked about so far. But what other trends do you see in the marketplace that you're looking to stay ahead of well you know it's it's actually i reposition as we're not trying to stay ahead of it we're trying to combat some trends like the i mean we all know the industry is struggling right now like we a lot of the workforce issues that we're seeing the burnout we're seeing the constant fight for proper reimbursement right and so what we're trying to do is be able to have technology help us, you know, when a new reimbursement bottle comes through, how can we leverage that uh, with the least amount of disruption as possible? Um, how can we help bolster outcomes and connectivity to that patient? And then, you know, our technology is also being used to how can we use this to help bring more patients to the clinic and through, through you know, concepts like the digital front door. So, we understand the operational challenges the industry is facing, and we're trying to see how we can leverage our technology to to help face some of those and navigate that. Sweet. Uh, digital front door. Can you explain for everybody what what that is and what? Sure. It is? Sure. I mean, the thing about it is just your your first interaction with your practice, right? And so when you're trying to get new patients, obviously. A majority of patients come in through referral streams, but when you're trying to market direct to the patients. You know, what's their first interaction? Sometimes it is simply just pick up a phone and call. Sometimes it's filling out like just basic contact info on a website, right? And then they be in touch. You know, what we're doing is we're taking our technology and the body tracking technology and being able to put it up front to where if someone says, okay, hey, I'm experiencing some pain, you could have, we call them these digital rooms, 
right? So you would click, you would click the link being at all web-based and it's like, okay, what hurts? And you pick your joint and then we'll just give them some basic range of motion tests, log their range of motion and give them a multifaceted pain survey. And we collect all that data as well as their, their contact info. And we give that to you. And so as the practice, you now have more context into what's going on with that patient. They've now had a, a an interactive first session with you before they've actually met you or walked through your physical doors and the digital door. But the whole goal here is to have a more engaging initial experience to start their recovery journey with you guys. Yes. Um, digital front door. Oh, there was something else I wanted to ask you about related to that. The, yeah. So you shared the trends. Um, the hybrid care is here to stay. I, I want to ask you the tough question now, which is, um, I, you know, I've heard owners talking about RTM quite a bit in hybrid care. And there's, um, there's a sentiment, although it's not a broad sentiment that, you know, we're relying on insurance companies to dictate exactly, as you said, and, you know, what you were talking about, what we're fighting or combating within the industry, we're relying on the insurance company. They're decreasing our reimbursement at a time when we have a rapid uh, elevation in the cost to provide service whether it's through employment cost or space cost, equipment cost, et cetera. So in an inflationary period, we have declining reimbursements. It's putting a crunch on owners. And why should we be relying on the insurance company with RTM when they could you know, be pulling the rug out from under us in a year or two? And I, by the way, I want to say beforehand, I think you've talked a lot about, about the, the other options that are going to be available to us. We might not have the model dialed in today, but it seems like we will be in the future. But I, if you can respond to that, Ryan, that would be that would be great. Sure. I mean, we all know everybody's fighting for reimbursement dollars at Capitol Hill on a regular basis, right? The models that are in place certainly here are changing all the time with constant cuts. No one can predict what's around the corner, what they're going to do. Right now, they've offered another revenue uh, reimbursement model that quite frankly is silly to not take advantage of the if you kind of think of it from an HEP perspective how many home exercise plans do you give people your patients now you know research shows that 30 percent they get like 30 percent adherence these printouts or these follow-along videos most people don't do them right um you also have no visibility into did they do them how well do they do them and you haven't been reimbursed for it now here, if you're able to leverage, call it a smart HEP, which, which you could call us, right? You know, you can get much higher engagement rates. We see about 80% engagement rates. You get clinical outcomes, adherence, data back, and you get reimbursed for it. So in a world where we're constantly fighting, trying to get reimbursed for our services, who knows what RTM looks like in five years from now? You can reference RPM, which has been out much longer than RTM, right? But it is additional reimbursement for services you basically have been doing. Um, and as we're fighting for any reimbursement, it, it makes sense to operationalize that as assuming you can get the right engagement levels, which RTM requires, and not have disruption in your clinical workflows. That's the combination you need, and that's what we focus on. Smart. That's great. Uh, for our listeners that want to learn more about you and include health what's the best way for for them to do that uh yeah includehealth.com real straightforward um you can reach out to me on linkedin 
And, and um, I'm always open to connecting, collaborating. That's the, the designer background in me. So I love it. Very cool. And you have given us quite a few. I think I see six articles here in the podcast prep. We'll make sure that we link that out for everybody in the show notes as well. And they can read about what you're doing um, with the hybrid care and with Google, um, et cetera, many of the things that you mentioned here. But Ryan, this has been great. Um, Any other parting words of wisdom for our practice owners that are are fighting on all fronts right now? And uh, yeah. Yeah, any parting words would be great. Look, I I feel for you guys. Uh, it it is a disservice to the industry where all the evidence and research shows the value of physical therapy, PT first, being able just what you can do to get people better in a conservative way in a most efficient way. And so I understand the fight. I would also encourage the industry to think of technology as a friend and not an enemy and not be concerned about it replacing them, but extending them and supercharging them. And I think that can help navigate some of the choppy waters. Awesome, man. Ryan, thank you so much for doing this. This was Likewise. this was excellent. I appreciate no, it. I, no, I appreciate the opportunity. Hello, podcast listeners. Wanted to share something with you uh, and you know, a recurring issue amongst breakthrough owners over the last few years has been hiring and keeping top-notch employees. You know, many have lost significant staff members to higher paying jobs, often in local hospital systems or, or healthcare systems. Another common concern is the difficulty of finding candidates despite regular advertising efforts. However, there's good news. We're hosting a live event in Denver, Colorado from October 5th through 7th, specifically designed to help you improve your hiring processes. We'll we'll concentrate on attracting, helping you attract high quality employees and teaching you how to incentivize and retain them so that your business can have a greater impact in your community by helping more people, serving more people. The industry is always shifting, which is why we've created new sessions specifically on employee recruitment and retention. You'll hear from current practice owners and industry experts who are navigating these issues right now in the trenches of private practice. This event is going to take place again October 5th through 7th, but remember, seats must be reserved ahead of time as the training is exclusively for private practice owners. To reserve your seat, go to info.getbreakthrough.com forward slash fall 2023. At the event, you're going to learn the eight phases of the hiring pipeline. You're going to learn, and this is a new session, ways to improve employee engagement the four levels of competence and confidence where we're going to talk about situational leadership uh, and having crucial conversations. And then we're also going to have a special session specifically on recruitment strategies that are working in today's market. Again, the event is October 5th through 7th in Denver, Colorado. To reserve your seat, go to info.getbreakthrough.com forward slash fall 2023. Also, a lot of owners will ask, can I bring my team along? Absolutely. Our best practices will frequently bring, you know, 10 or more of their team members along as well. So if you have a team member who's key in helping you hire and retain your other employees, maybe it's a clinical director, center manager, certainly you can bring them along as well.
Remember to visit GetBreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.